0: The abandoned arch is referred to as the Rookup Arch, but to be accurate, it's a remaining part of the flue of the Lintzgarth smelting mill. Smelting was the process of turning lead ore to purer metal bars known as pigs. Poisonous fumes from the furnace were funnelled away and released high up. The Linsgarth Works had a six-arch raised horizontal flue leading across Rookup Burn, a road and a railway track before heading underground up the hillside for a mile and a half to a chimney. Now, you can see the root of the flue burrowed under the surface of the hillside. A horizontal flue meant that tiny fragments of lead and other minerals, including silver, would stick to the inside of the chimney. Small boys would then be sent up to scrape the sticky substance from time to time, so nothing was wasted. Rookup was one of the first places where Auden discovered the industrial past of the North Pennine valleys and fell tops, but he soon became familiar with the whole area. Cashwell is to the west of Rookup, across the top of the moors on the east side of Cross Fell, the highest of the North Pennine's hills. Like Rookup, it is a post-industrial lead and mineral landscape with scattered remains. It sits between the watershed for two rivers, the South Tyne, which heads northwards to join with the North Tyne, becoming the mighty Tyne that flows through Newcastle. The other river is the river Tees, heading southeast into Teesdale and onwards to Teeside. Close by to the east is the source of the River Weir, which Rookutburn joins. Now, if you know Auden's poetry, you know where I'm going, because he wrote an absolutely cracking poem called The Watershed, which uses Cashwell as the setting. And it starts like this Who stands, the crux left of the watershed, on the wet road between the chafing grass below him, sees dismantled washing floors, snatches of tramline running to the wood? an industry already comatose yet sparsely living. So what I always imagine with this poem, and this goes back to my days at Durham when the the tutor told me what he thought it was saying, was a a modern young man were rather arrogantly driving into this industrial, post-industrial area and sort of looking over it as if he owns it. And the poet answering on behalf of the land Go away, because you can never have a part of this. You don't understand it. You haven't lived it. So the poem continues. It tells of a coffin being taken on its final journey down from the fell through mine works because of a vicious storm. So you're reminded here of the, the lives lost in this old industry. And then here comes this young stranger looking at the landscape, which will not tell its secrets. And Auden, the poet, is going to warn him off. Go home now, stranger, proud of your young stock. Stranger, turn back again, frustrate and vexed. This land cut off will not communicate. Be no accessory content to one aimless for faces rather there than here. Beams from your car may cross a bedroom wall. They wake no sleeper. You may hear the wind arriving driven from the ignorant sea to hurt itself on pain, on bark of elm, where sap unbaffled rises being spring, but seldom this. Near you, taller than grass, ears poised before decision, scenting danger. So I can remember my <laughs> tutorials at Durham and saying, what's that what the, What's that? near you, taller than grass, ears poised before decision? And he said... That's a rabbit, isn't it? So the ear's just sticking up from the grass and the rabbit's paused. It doesn't like this guy standing here. And he then pointed back to that line, beams from your car may cross a bedroom wall, they wake no sleeper. So he said, you've got to imagine this guy, let's say he swings in with his Porsche and he wants to own it. He's going to stop and stand in a commanding way. That's why the poem starts, who stands, that's him. Who stands? The crux left of the watershed. But even though he stands there, even though he drives his car with a roar around the neighbourhood, he's so insubstantial in this place where people have suffered so much that he's like the headlights of his car. They cross a bedroom wall, but nobody even wakes up. No one sees them. No one sees him. What a poem. I just love it. So back to the scenery around you. A railway used to run alongside Rookup Burn, bringing coal to the smelting works and taking away the lead. And trains are a recurring theme in Auden's poetry. One of his most famous poems is called Night Mail. It was written as a commentary for a GPO, post office film. In the 1930s, the general post office had a film unit making documentaries to promote its work amazingly. Throughout his life, Auden collaborated with composers, working with the likes of the British composer Benjamin Britten the Russian composer Igor Stravinsky and the German Hans-Werner Hintzer. In 1936, Auden paired with Britain and filmmakers Harry Watt and Basil Wright on Nightmail, a celebration of the overnight post train from London to Glasgow along a route operated by the London, Midland and Scottish Railway that runs west of the North Pennines, passing north through Cumbria. Benjamin Britten composed the soundtrack and with W.H. Auden writing a commentary which is heard towards the end of the film. It made for something quite special. Here's an extract and by the way it's unusual for Auden this sort of sing-song quality but of course he's written it to give us the rhythm of the train. Letters of thanks, letters from banks, letters of joy from girl and boy, receipted bills and invitations to inspect new stock or to visit relations, and applications for situations, and timid lovers' declarations, and gossip... Gossip from all the nations, news circumstantial, news financial, letters with holiday snaps to enlarge in, letters with faces scrawled on the margin, letters from uncles, cousins, and aunts, letters to Scotland from the south of France, letters of condolence to highlands and lowlands, written on paper of every hue, the pink, the violet, the white, and the blue, the chatty, the catty, the boring, the adoring, the cold and official and the heart's outpouring. Clever, stupid, short and long, the typed and the printed, and the spelt all wrong. By the way, has anyone ever rhymed condolence with lowlands before? I think not. Follow the footpath east along the south side of Rookup Burn. Burn is an Anglo Saxon word for stream. Another word for stream, common in the North Pennines, is Beck. It's a Norse word, and many streams became known as Becks once the Vikings and subsequent Scandinavian settlers arrived in the north of England in the 9th and 10th centuries. There are a few scattered dwellings along the valley on the way back into Rookup. One of significance is the old Miners' Hall. It is the large house set back off the road across the burn, accessed via a bridge about halfway between the Rookup Arch and the village.